Hi, I'm Joss. Hi, I'm Claudia. And this is the Let's Get Down to Business podcast. We're two cousins on opposite ends of the globe with a lot of opinions about figure skating. And we are here to deliver the news, recaps, and are dusting off our microphones to bring you four full episodes for Worlds Week. <laughs> Why have I almost finished my alcohol? You should keep that in the, in the intro. <laughs> <laughs> hello, 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 everybody. It has been a while since we have uh, talked into our microphones, but we have so much to talk about, especially in this upcoming week. It's going to be absolute chaos. Like, it's been absolute chaos for the past, like, God knows how long anyway, so... <laughs> However, we have covered Russian men multiple times this season, so I think we fully prepared our bodies for the chaos. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're ready mentally and physically, and we are also not ready mentally and physically at the same time. <laughs> I think that encapsulates our feelings about this entire season. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, how have you been? I am busy, busy. I picked up a third job. However, I am fully vaccinated. I'm very excited about Woo-hoo! that. That's awesome. Yay for immunity. <laughs> Did you get the Pfizer vaccine? I got Moderna. My husband got Moderna. Pfizer. So we oh, have cool. all the mRNA in our house. <laughs> awesome. Well, in Australia, we're still kind of like, oh, vaccinations. Oh, cool. All right. If it comes, it comes. But like, whatever. <laughs> I mean, we, we're pretty much um, back to as normal as you can get, still with COVID precautions around. But we're very lucky that Australia has been pretty, pretty good with our COVID response. Um, but now, I mean, it's bucketing down with rain, like absolutely. There's floods everywhere. The deluge is just insane. A lot of pathetic fallacy about the chaos that's about to ensue. So the world, <laughs> Mother Nature is getting us ready. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start. Um, actually, no, before we start, I just want to say um, to all of our listeners, the two of you guys, AKA hi mom, um, hi friends. <laughs> mom um, and our two friends. <laughs> and our two friends. And your dog. Um, we do have timestamps. If you're watching on YouTube, they will be in the down bar. If you're on whatever podcast platform you are listening on, they will be in the podcast description. So, because this is probably going to be really chaotic, go check those timestamps out. So, yeah. All right. So, we're going to kick off our episode with some random news that we have acquired uh, during the time between our last competition and now. And I guess the most exciting, happy piece of news that we have here uh, is that Keegan Messing and his wife Lane are having a baby. That's really, really exciting. Congratulations, Keegan and Lane. Very, very excited and happy for you guys. A little mini Albertan cowboy or cowgirl or cow person. Cow person. <laughs> cow person. I am frequently a cow person, <laughs> if I must, if I do say so myself. Very, very exciting. Hope everything is healthy and all well and good. Oh my gosh, we're so excited. Uh, if Nathan Chen doesn't hit you up and buy your baby a pair of Nikes, just hit us up. Let's get down pot at gmail.com and I'll yeah. buy your child a pair of Nikes. Absolutely. But like Nathan really needs, he'll be on, he'll be on his game. Like he's really good at the at the shoe giving game. Maybe Nathan will bring them to Stockholm in the COVID bubble. 
He'll just leave Aww. them in the bucket, you know, in, in the kiss and cry for Keegan. That would be cute. <laughs> it's my fanfic. I'm writing the fanfic in my head. So we're going to move on to kind of a terrible piece of news. But before we do, I do want to give a content warning for sexual assault and abuse. Um, so please fast forward maybe one or two minutes um, if you're listening to this and you don't want to listen to that content. Um, but this piece of news comes from Christine Brennan's Twitter, and that is that John Zimmerman has been suspended for two years by Safe Sport for covering up the alleged sexual abuse of a 13-year-old female figure skater. And in my opinion, <laughs> suspended for two years is literally like not even the bare minimum. But <laughs> yep. anyways... Sylvia Fontana and Vinnie Dispenza got six month probations, but apparently Fontana is still going to worlds with Kevin Amos. Like, gross. <laughs> yeah. Gross times a thousand. Yeah. And um, in kind of a similar field, apparently, in response to the news, um, Morgan Cipre posted on Instagram a picture of a shirt that had on it, if I go to hell, at least I'll be with all my friends. And just like, uh, the audacity is real. It's a <laughs> real. It gross. is a choice. Um, it is a series of poor choices. Take from that what you will. Those are the choices that were made. <laughs> All right, let's move on to worlds. Worlds. Let's start with some general news. Um, first of which is that the World Championships is officially on. Yes, it is, and it is still the official and primary Olympics qualifying event. Just like any other season, yeah, the second qualifying event is still the Nebelhorn Trophy, and that will take place in September of this year. So, I mean, there are a lot of opinions about this. I mean, so, some of the opinions range from, like, oh, the skaters are being forced to go to Worlds, um, you know, because they've made this an Olympic qualifying event. And, I mean, like, yes, Sweden has not had the greatest response to COVID, aka like a really not great response to COVID. So yes, it is very concerning, but I don't know, guys. I don't know. I mean, I think the prevailing opinion from what I've seen is that, yes, we are excited that Worlds is going on. Should Worlds really be going on? Who knows? But, you know, regardless, I think there is just kind of a general buzz of excitement glad that the skaters athletes get to get some competitive ice under their feet but really in the grand scheme of things should this be an olympic qualifying event should this even really be happening who knows but i think that is general sentiment um excitement with a bunch of a strong handful of hesitation yeah i mean i saw somebody um somewhere probably reddit or like a forum just go oh do you guys reckon that the Winter Olympics is going to be pushed back another year, you know, so we can have that two-year gap between Summer and Winter Olympics. And then I'm like, there's going to be one year where that gap is going to be reduced to one anyway. And so I think that whichever side you like of the fence you sit on, there's always going to be a bunch of pros and cons to it. And I mean, the, the ISU is the ISU. And uh, <laughs> I think they're just hoping that 2022 is going on and they think that this is the best... Uh, best possible route um however increased covid protocols and all of that meaning there's no more banquet after the competition which i'm sure um a certain nation will be very disappointed in considering they love their banquets during covid maskless 
um, three guesses who that is. <laughs> <laughs> we don't love a super spreader event, though, so they don't get the opportunity to uh, spread their germs. Um. <laughs> and speaking of a certain country, um, <laughs> Team Russia is skating under the name of... Uh, FSR, which is the Figure Skating Federation of Russia, and this comes from um, the ban of athletes competing under the name of the Russian Federation in international competition. So it's very similar to the 2018 Olympic Games, where all the athletes of Russia were under the, uh, I guess, quote unquote, neutral flag of Olympic athletes from Russia. So <laughs> Russia's just giving us so much at the moment. It's <laughs> it's a lot. As as they do. Uh, apparently, I also saw on a whole bunch of Russian athletes' uh, Instagram stories that they were all on this uh, plane that the Russian Federation had chartered. However, it wasn't actually part of a closed bubble uh, that continued from the national teams. This is from uh, a tweet from at quad F loop TZ on Twitter. Um, and apparently at least one athlete on that plane uh, who represents Georgia was training at her normal rank right up until she left for Sweden. And there was also an Instagram story that I saw where this cameraman from Channel One Russia was literally like on the plane. And I'm sure that he probably did not quarantine like in that closed bubble at all. So yeah, I mean, they're going to be doing what they're doing. As they do, but... I love it and hate it at the same time. I love it because, like, only Team Russia would be like, um, we're having this bubble at Novogorsk, you know, we're going to be... We're doing all the COVID safe things. And then, like, literally get on the plane and say, like, hey, yeah, you can come on, you weren't in the bubble. Yeah, you can come on, you weren't in the... Like, yeah. I mean, the, the whole cameraman, yes, I get that Channel One loves to do their kind of, like, really artsy fluff pieces or, like, documentary pieces, but... Um, knowing that Worlds has this competition bubble going on um, with like different levels, um, I wonder if the cameramen are even going to be able to get like the higher level access to actually film the skaters because otherwise it's just a fruitless endeavor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the uh, Ristelicum banquet was a super spreader event, so take from that what you will. Um, apparently an ISU VP, Lekernik, stated that the ISU would have considered moving worlds to Russia. <laughs> no thanks. If Sweden couldn't hold it. Pass. We're going to pass. But if, if not for the court of arbitration for the sports ban on Russia holding like world championships events, like, oh, if, if it wasn't, if only it wasn't for that, like. <laughs> that, that's, the, that's the weakest link. The weakest link. <laughs> Um, but yes, I think the skaters are apprehensive, but also excited to go to Worlds at the same time. Um, you know, Lisa Tuktimusheva gave an interview where she said that, you know, I think a very few athletes will say that they are forced to go to the World Championships. Um, for a professional athlete, the worst thing that can happen is a loss of motivation. And when you know that there are competitions and you are preparing for the World Championships, then you as a professional athlete are able to, you know, motivate themselves and yada, yada, yada. So... I think a lot of them are just grateful to be able to kind of, just, yeah, obviously skate in an international competition, but a lot of the skaters on the circuits are friends and they haven't seen their fellow skaters for a long time. Um, just like all of us, um, not being able to see our friends for a long time as well. So I think that, you know, adds to the whole excitement of it all. Yeah. So uh, a lot of skaters are arriving in the bubble. Uh, we saw Yuzuru Hanyu arrive at the Stockholm airport. 
Uh, we also saw a whole bunch of skaters from the Russian team um, doing all sorts of fun things. Uh, Tiffany Sigorsky has been posting so many things on her Instagram stories. Uh, they have been playing air hockey, table tennis, this basketball shooting game that you get at Dave and Buster's, uh, Playstations. It is so much fun. It is absolutely popping. Yes, real, real popping. Uh, everyone is wearing their masks, as I have seen in her story, apart from Maurice Vitalashvili, my friend Maurice, you know, I'm a big Maurice fan, but he was not covering his nose. You really need to get on that nose, Maurice. I know. And the surprising thing is that, you know, all of the Russians, yes, you know, it is mandatory to wear masks. And like even the welcome pack um, at Worlds gave each person like three masks. And they're just like, masks, guys. All the Russians had them over their noses, except for Mr. Georgia himself. Oh, Danny G even had his mask over his nose. <laughs> well, probably like a Terry was just like, Danny, come on, like, you got to do this. Maybe if we had given Maurice a blue mask to match his genie <gasps> outfit, maybe that would have been the kicker to be like, okay, I'll put it over my nose. I accept. <laughs> <laughs> well, we both know what we're ordering online after this. <laughs> <laughs> blue mask. Uh, but in other uh, random things skaters are doing at Worlds, Yuma Kagiyama, sweet Yuma, uh, only posted one Instagram story and it was the chocolate bar that they have gifted him in the welcome pack that he got. And nothing <laughs> else. Like everyone else nothing is else. like Ashley Kane. Gribble is like filming her yoga workout in her hotel room. You know, all the Russians are filming all the games and like, you know, what they got for food. And Yuma's just like the chocolate. I only care about the chocolate. Oh, sweet Yuma. On brand. <laughs> On brand. I feel like I would be friends with him. Oh, 100%. 100%. I don't like parties and I don't frequently have time for yoga, but I always make time for chocolates. So. Well, <laughs> I practice yoga every day and, you know, I lie on my back in my bed oh, Savasana. for about eight hours every day. And that is eight my yoga, everybody. Um, that can be the episode title. Episode <laughs> 17 Worlds Preview, eight hours in Savasana. Approximately eight, <laughs> if I'm lucky. Okay, let's move on. Um, we've got a lot to discuss. Let's start with just some random facts about Skaters at Worlds. Let's start with Sui and Han. I miss them so much. Oh my god, I cannot wait to see them at Worlds. Oh my gosh, they are bringing back an old program for their short program. I think it's from 2017. Yeah, they're bringing back Blues for Kluke. And they are keeping, it looks like they're keeping their free skate from last season, which fair enough, they've been like battling a bunch of injuries. Han just came back from surgery. So like fair enough, especially with this cluster beep of a season. You know what? They're, they're going to get new programs for the Olympic season. So it's all good, especially since the Olympics are going to be in Beijing. You know that they're going to up their ante next season. But we're just very glad they are healthy and ready to compete at Worlds. Smart and Diaz. Let's talk about ice dance. Spanish ice dance giving oh us gosh. more than we ever asked for. <laughs> there was apparently a skate off and that is just... It's like a, uh, gosh, it's like, God, this is so on brand for me, but like the masked singer, sometimes they have face-offs at the end uh, where each mask will sing approximately like 30 seconds of a song and, and the audience will decide who they like the most. This is how I'm picturing it is that they, uh, 
participated in face off like the masked singer uh but smart and diaz lost to hurtado and Kalyavin, and therefore they are the alternate to go to worlds and hurtado and Kalyavin are the spanish ice dance team that is going to worlds this year spanish ice dance is honestly the gift you never knew you wanted because <laughs> it is always between hurtado and Kalyavin and smart and diaz like let's just hope that hurtado and Kalyavin finish in the top 10 so they are two spots for the Spanish ice dancers come Olympics. Otherwise, it's going to be disappointing for one of them. And it's always a flip-flop and like that must hurt a lot. So let's hope that a top 10 finish is in the cards for them. Uh, but let's talk about our lovely, lovely boy, Jin Boyang, who finally, after years of speculation, has finally changed coaches. Well, not changed, but now has listed Brian Orser and Tracy Wilson as his coaches alongside, like he's keeping his uh, main coach, uh, Fu Chai Shu. So that is exciting. We get a new TCC member. Oh my gosh, imagine the boards at TCC. There's going to be the Pooh tissue box holder and then the Spider-Man tissue box holder. We love it. Oh my God, Boyang and Jason. Oh my gosh, imagine, imagine the friendship. I'm going to write friendship fanfic. I I don't, disclaimer, I don't actually write fanfic. I just like write it in my head for about 15 seconds. <laughs> as soon as you said friendship, I was like, imagine if they all had friendship bracelets. <laughs> oh my gosh, friendship bracelets. And they wore them while competing. And we just got to like spot them in the kissing crowd. That would be hella cute. Imagine. So very excited for Boyang because this has been a long time coming. Um, So... I'm excited to see how Brian and Tracy kind of elevate Boyang's skating to the next level because, you know, he was very close to the podium in the last Olympics. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm very excited to see what this produces. And speaking of the cricket club members, we've got some news on Yekaterina Kurakova. Um, she scared everyone a little bit when her when she updated her ISU bio, like coaches, and didn't include Brian and Tracy. Um, but she cleared this up, but this fan favorite skater cleared everything up. Um, and she said in an Instagram message, you know, it's just for this competition because, you know, she had no possibilities to go to Canada because of COVID. So um, she listed Lorenzo Magri as her coach for the world championships. She said that, you know, I didn't see Brian for a year. He didn't see my programs live. And that wouldn't be fair if I would give all responsibility to him. She definitely is a fan favorite. She is so bubbly and adorable. We wish her the best of luck for this world championships. Yeah. And our next uh, piece of news is pretty interesting. And this will kind of lead into our next big section here about withdrawals, about the world's entries, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but Korean nationals took place and the two ladies that were selected for the world's team were Hyun Lee and Yilim Kim. And unfortunately, Young Yu, who is a huge fan favorite, uh, did not make the Korean ladies world team. Uh, she placed fourth at nationals. She was first in the short program and fifth in the free skate and fourth overall. And she actually was not even first alternate. She is second alternate. Uh, Seo Young Wee is first alternate. 
And another Korean fan favorite, Insu Lim, she placed sixth at Nationals, uh, fourth in the short and ninth in the free. So really interesting how things seem to be moving a lot with Korean ladies. But I have always been a fan of both Hyun and Yilim, and I'm so glad that they get to go to Worlds because I have seen their potential for a long time. And and even though I'm really sad that Young Yu and Insu are not getting to go to Worlds, um, I think that the two ladies that were chosen are very well-deserved. Yeah, I absolutely agree. All right, let's move on to uh, the withdrawals or people who are missing from Wells, which is like surprisingly like a, a lot bigger of a section than I like anticipated. It's really decent amount of I people, know. unfortunately. Let's start with the quick, easy explanation. Withdrawals. My fellow Australian, Brendan Kerry, unfortunately withdrew from Worlds due to an injury. Um, it looks like he injured his like lower left leg, so maybe like an ankle or fractured fibula. Anyway, like super, super disappointing for him. Um, but I know that he does great at Nebelhorn and he's going to grab a spot for Australian men. Fingers crossed. So... Wishing you a very speedy recovery. Um, more injury withdrawals. Uh, recently, it just came in that Chinese pair team Wang Yuchen and Huang Yi Hang have withdrawn, as well as Armenian lady Anastasia Galustian. Uh, Yura Min and Daniel Eaton, uh, the ice dance team from Korea, have also withdrawn. But actually, Sofia Holichenka and Artem Derensky, the Ukrainian pair, tested positive for COVID prior to departure for Stockholm and thus are not allowed to compete and have withdrawn. So hopefully uh, they recover quickly and don't become super spreaders. Um, all right, let's get to the main points. Um <laughs> Oh my gosh, okay. There are two kind of big withdrawals slash missing teams. Uh, The first, we're going to talk about American pairs. So this is really interesting because everyone is like, seems kind of sus here, but uh, Jessica Callalang and Brian Johnson have withdrawn and they cited personal reasons and people were like, what the hell? Like, is this COVID? Like, did one of them get COVID? Are they injured? But then people were like, if it was COVID or an injury, they would probably just like straight up say, say it, right? Because yeah. like literally all the other teams that we were talking about, everyone said, right? But instead of them going, uh, Ashley Kane Gribble and Tim Duke are going, who, I mean, we love them. We love their programs this season. So very happy for them. But uh, Jackie Wong from Rocker Skating did um, a couple of Worlds Preview Instagram lives. And on his live about pairs, he said that they're not splitting, but he's not at liberty to say why they withdrew, which is super sus. I'm like, but then what is it? Because like they like we literally have been saying this all season because last year was their time to go to Worlds, right? Yeah. Like They were skating so well, had their Nationals moment. They were like the Nationals moment of last year, apart from Mariah Bell. But anyways, um, and then they were supposed to go to Worlds last year, but then they didn't get to because Worlds was canceled. But why are they not going this year? I don't know. doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's super, super sus. I mean, personal reasons. It could be family members in trouble. Um, it could be coaching change, but that wouldn't really be like personal reasons. Well, either way, we hope that everything works out fine for Jessica and Brian um, and that they stay safe and healthy. But let's move on to kind of the biggest piece of news that I, okay, to be honest, I kind of forgot about this. And it's the fact that Papadakis and Cizron aren't attending Worlds this year. 
um, and this was due to concerns about COVID and their preference to focus on preparing for Beijing 2022. And this was announced like ages ago, but I mean, so much has happened since that, like I completely forgot about it. But what is interesting is that France is sending two dance teams to Worlds and to earn two entries next year, those two teams have to have their total placements equal to or less than 28. And there is quite a possibility that those two dance teams won't be able to qualify two entries to the Olympics next year for France in ice dance. And most likely, if they're actually like 99% likely, uh, if there is only one spot, it's going to Papadakis and Cizeron. So like... I mean, feels bad for the two French dance teams who are going to Worlds yes. and they're, I mean, they're probably excited that they are going to Worlds, but yeah. That's sad. Feels bad. All right. That is the end of our uh, withdrawals slash missing people for this year. And we're going to actually move into predictions, which is honestly my favorite part of Worlds every year. I'm like, okay, okay, people have withdrawn, but here's my podium and here's why I'm right. Although this year, I don't, I don't think I'm okay. particularly correct. I just want to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> Did you include Pewter? Because I've gotten in the habit of including Pewter medalist predictions, even though like I know Pewter doesn't exist outside of America. No, mine is just a mess because like if you take a look at our show notes, Claudia's are like gorgeous and mine are just like vomit in a Google Doc. <laughs> So no, I didn't do pewter. It just speaks to the uh, the range and spectrum of neurodiversity um, and how brains work. <laughs> brains work. That's a nice way to say mod pass, but okay. Okay, why don't we start with what event do we want? Let's start with men. Let's start with men. Okay, who do you have in, why yeah. don't you do your podium first and then I'll do my podium and then we can talk about it. Let's do that. Okay, this is like highly dependent on stuff. But I'm like, Yuzu has a slight edge. Let's say like it's a 60-40 between Yuzu and Nathan. Like Yuzu's got the tiny bit of edge, assuming that like he skates clean. So in second place, I've got Nathan with a 60% and Yuzu with a 40%. Like why the hell do I think this way? Anyway, it's Yuzu Nathan slash Yuzu Nathan for first and second. I think everyone like it's expected. I have Misha Kolyada in third. Although, like, I need Misha to be on the podium first and foremost. Like, he has to be on the podium. My pewter medalist is Shoma Uno. And I also have, like, fifth to tenth, mainly because, like, I wanted to include the skaters that I love. For example, like, Jason Brown, Keegan Messing, Jin Boyang, Junwon, Yuma, Vincent. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> that's about it okay let's do my opinion. okay so first and second i have nathan and yuzu i did not do a 60 40 split because as we know my brain doesn't work like that <laughs> and third i also have misha because like how can you go to worlds and just like not have let's get loud on the podium we just can't have that so we're gonna have it i'm just i'm gonna speak it into existence as they say in the good mlms we're gonna manifest it <laughs> oh my god i actually think here here is a hot take that might be controversial it's not really controversial but it, god, like, i hate it when people start a sentence like that but okay i'll hear you out it, it's not controversial it really i'm just like bad with words um i actually think there is a possibility that misha wins the free skate okay i'm not mad at it I'm not mad, mainly because I'm just like, who would I love to like win medals, right? Like a gold medal. And I'm like, I need Jason Brown 
to win the short program. Like, please, every, like, please do a stick it moment, everyone, and like agree to fail in your short program so Jason can win. But like, don't. Do, but don't. Do, but like, don't. <laughs> do, but don't. But, like, at least we get to see Cinnamon next year. And so we have, a, there's a lot more opportunity for judges to correctly inflate scores for Jason. <laughs> like if, if inflation is going to happen and like unfair scoring is going to happen, plus five everything that Jason is doing in his short program and like tens across the board in PCS and like nobody will be mad. Like I don't think anybody will be mad at that. No. I don't know a single person that would be mad at that. Exactly. Because it's just too fabulous. But yeah, I mean... For the men, I'm excited for Jason, Misha, Yan Han. I'm so excited for. He's going back to Worlds. Oh my gosh, I love him. I'm obsessed with him. Obsessed. Um, Uncle Bachenko is also going. Excited to see him, you know, swashbuckle his way into Stockholm. Um, <laughs> Mikhail Breshin is going. Drive his pirate ship into the <laughs> Stockholm dock. He didn't arrive on plane. He walked the plank into the rink. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. Um, we've got our favorite blue genie, Marisa Kubitalashvili. June Wan Cha is also going. Yuma Kagiyama is going to his first Worlds, I believe. Oh my gosh. And fan favorite, Mexican skater Donovan Carrillo got his minimum technical oh element score and he's going to Worlds. So excited for him. Literally been watching all season for Donovan to get his minimum scores. I was like, is he going to do it? Please let him do it. But he did. Very happy. Um, but yeah, men is going to be interesting. The top 10 is like so stacked and even to like the top 12, like top 15, like so stacked. I'm beyond excited. I think out of all the events, I think men, I'm the most Me too. Oh my God. We haven't even mentioned Kevin Amos. And like, I have no idea where, this is so cliche, but whoever skates on the day, this is going to be very interesting considering this season has been uh, unconventional and unprecedented. So we have no idea. (laughs) If I hear that word one more time, I swear to God. Um, (laughs) Swear to God, you'll go to Stockholm. Um, I'll I'll do it. I'll (laughs) I'll go to Stockholm. Let me on the pirate ship. (laughs) Honestly, it can be like anyone's game. Such a cliche, but truly, truly is. Um, Not so much in the ladies. I feel like we all know who, well, not all know who, but like there's a pretty strong inkling about who's going to comprise the top 10. I think the top three is like if these three skate like lights out, there's like no one can touch them, I don't think. And and that is obviously Sasha Truseva, Anna Sherbakova, and Rika Kahira. Uh, they just put out their program, their plan content, at least. And it's so interesting. Yes, let's talk about Le- that. Le- yeah, let's definitely talk about the plan content. All right, let's start with Alexandra Truseva. Um, no triple axle in the short program or the free skate. She's playing it safe, which, like, fair enough, because the triple axle wasn't her best friend throughout the season. And in her free skate... Uh, I would say that she's playing it smart. I We all know that she wants to do like a million quads. She's definitely said she wants to do five quads slash all the quads in the program. But her content layout for Worlds is opening with a quad Lutz, uh, then following it up with a quad toe, triple toe, then a quad toe. And those are the only quads she's going to do. Um, in the second half of the program, she's doing two triple, triple combos. And I think that, you know, this is a safe and reliable bet for her. It's not too audacious. It's also not too safe. Like, I think it's doable for her. 
I think it is. And and I think this could save her from having... There was this one time where she skated Game of Thrones and it was like truly like not her greatest moment and she was so upset with herself. So I'm glad that she is not doing the five quads in the free, but I think that this seems doable. I'm excited. I, I had her on my podium with the gold medal so oh I do like her I love her costumes I love her like remember that time where she skated I think it was test skates in the striped adidas crop top oh girl that was it she's been killing the adidas game like the Stella McCartney she's been killing it um I'm excited for her too because definitely have seen an improvement in her skating skills and overall presentation since she's moved to um Plushenka I actually had her in third um, which I, after this planned content stuff got released like half an hour ago, I actually might switch up my predictions um, because I had in first Anna Shevakova, but in her free skate, she's only doing one quad. Well, planning to do one yeah, quad. Yeah, she only has one quad. One, which is the quad flip. I mean, to be fair, given her recent uh, ailments, um and <laughs> situation that we ailments um that we saw at Russian Nationals there have been reports that she didn't look completely recovered when the Russian team was at Novogorsk so it may be quote unquote watered down content but also i think that you know it's a strategy you know she knows that you know she'll probably get good GOE on the stuff that she does clean so she might just be working PCS for her, but she does have one quad flip in the free skate. She has three triple triple combos planned. So I think if she can skate clean, she's on the podium for sure. It just depends on how the other two girls do. I still got Sasha Trusevan first. A lot of people do. We'll see. You have to buy me sour candy if Sasha Trusevan gets first. <laughs> I will on the condition that you share that with me. We both love sour candy. I'll buy you sour candy if Anna Sherbakova gets first. You buy me sour candy if Sasha Trusva gets first. Deal. I like how I've agreed to the deal and you haven't said anything. I don't have a choice, do I? But like, <laughs> I'll, I'll agree. Sure. Let's talk about Rika Kihira, though, because she's definitely somewhere on the podium, um, assuming that she skates relatively clean. And her free skate layout or content was released a couple of days ago. And they include a quad sow, triple axle double toe, a triple lutz, triple axle, triple lutz, triple toe, triple flip oiler, triple sow, and a triple loop. That is stacked. We are also going to assume that she's going to attempt a triple axle in the short program, which will, of course, give her a big lead considering that Shevakova and Trusova aren't doing a triple axle. So... Yes, definitely excited because Rika has definitely been keeping her head down and working hard. But we also should not count out our Empress, Elisaveta Tuktamisheva. Oh, she has been not keeping her head down, but working hard. She's been screaming and working hard. I love it. We'll talk about her more later in the Kissing Cry. But uh, in her short program, she does have the triple axle planned. Uh, as well as in the free skate, she's going to open with a triple axle double toe and then another triple axle. I mean, we've been seeing her land the triple axles, but turn out of it. Hopefully we get to see some great triple axles because 100% she could be a big pot stirrer. If other people make mistakes, the door is definitely left wide open for her to strut on in and be like, hey guys, 24 years old, still kicking. <laughs> <laughs> Still kicking at 
24 since I'm like almost 30. So upsetting. <laughs> also, in case um, anyone was wondering, I'm also still kicking. <laughs> but okay, who is your pewter medalist? My pewter medalist is Kaori Sakamoto because it's Kaori. <laughs> because of course. Also, because I think that like international judges will respond really well to her attempts to cut off their heads in her free skate. And like if that choreo sequence doesn't get plus fives across the board because like she scared the living daylights out of them, then the system is broke. <laughs> She's basically like say less. That's her being like say less. Exactly. <laughs> in her free skate. There are also some other heavy hitters. Uh, so we talked about Lisa. We talked about Kaiori. Also in kind of like the 5th to 10th, 11th-ish kind of range, we also have Brady Tanell and Karen Chen from the U.S. And obviously this was all the buzz after world selections happened uh, that Karen was chosen over Amber. We had a bunch of opinions about that in our U.S. Nationals episode. But they are both going to Worlds, and I think that they are contenders. Uh, it's really interesting because in order to get three lady spots back for Worlds, they need to have a combined placement of 13 or higher. So the lowest that they can place together is sixth and seventh. And obviously there are other uh, options that they have to place, uh, but the lowest that they can place together is sixth and seventh, which, I mean, considering the... So the people that they would have to beat are like Satoko Miyahara. Uh, we have Yulim Kim from Korea, uh, Luna Hendricks, Alexia Pagnini, like up to 10th or 11th. It's like nothing to nothing to scoff at here. Yeah. Look, I think it's doable. Both of them need to skate clean, though. Yeah. They can't afford any mistakes. Yeah, like nothing. And it would be great to see the US send three ladies to the Olympics but yeah, I mean, it, it's a tight, it's a tight ask from them. It is 100% doable. Um, but yeah, I mean, like we mentioned, there's Luna Hendricks in the mix. Emmy Ma, who was formerly representing the US, but switched to representing Taipei in the 2019-2020 season. Um, we've got Alexia Paganini, who is obviously of the Stefan Lambiel camp, and they have been doing really well recently. We've got Hain Lee. We've got Yiling Kim. I think for some reason I'm more interested in like the fourth to tenth battle because you know knowing that Olympic spots are up for grabs that's kind of where all the drama is especially with you know the podium being somewhat predictable. Well you can keep your eyes off the podium because then the truce of a will win like the sour candy so you just keep on watching fourth to tenth. <laughs> Okay, let's move on to pairs. Um, I think we and probably a majority of people uh, have our first place predictions being Sui Wenjing and Hang Tong. So excited love for them. them. I think for me personally, not that I don't love any of the other pairs, but I just like don't I care. mean, fair. I just want to watch Sui and I think in uh, second and third place, I have the two Russian teams. I don't know who will have the edge, Tarasova and Warzov or Boykova and Kozlovsky, but I have them in second slash third. Yeah, same here. I think Tarasova and Morozov have the edge. Number one, because international judges have seen them. They've got great lines, skating skills, etc. They've got the experience. They aren't doing Candyman <laughs> and they have momentum with them. <laughs> no, I want to see Candyman <laughs> on the podium. I want to see Candyman in the silver medal. <laughs> I want them on the podium in the Candyman costumes. 
if there's a season to do Candyman, <laughs> this is the season. Like, I'd be happy for them to do their pro- like their current programs for the Olympic season. Great, but like, if you <laughs> Candyman, do they really think that was going to medal at the Olympics? Hashtag Candyman to the Olympics. <laughs> no, please don't. But yes, I have Boykova and Kozlovsky in third. Obviously, you know Mishin and Galiamov are right up against the two other Russian teams, but. Remember, we've also got Peng and Jin. I love them. I really do like them. We love our Cloud Atlas skaters. They always are in the mix somehow, somewhere. So we definitely cannot count them out. And they are so consistent. So I have them in my pewter medalist position. Oh, I do too. Nice. Oh. All right. And, you know, we've also got to fit in Mishnah and Galiamov, Kinnearum and Fraser, Kane and Leduc. So, yeah, I mean, the top five five, seven, will be quite interesting because, I mean, we've seen Boykova and Kozlowski and Mishin and Galliamov be absolutely distraught over, like, one tiny mistake in the short program because they know how tight it is. So it's really up to who skates the cleanest because it's going to be tight. Yeah, I think in the top five, at least, it's, like, going to be the Chinese and Russian pairs. Like, I don't think there is any argument there. Unless, like, more than one of them, like, majorly flubs. Like, I really don't think that we're going to see any of the other teams in the top five. And that's obviously just my opinion. But I do think that 6th to 10th is also going to be really interesting. Like you said, we have Kinnearum and Fraser. This is their first season together. Uh, Kane and Leduc, who are replacing Callahan and Johnson. And then we have KMT and Michael Marinero from Canada. Yeah, we've got some Italian pairs in there, Austrian pairs. So it's all about that Olympic qualification, guys. Um, but yeah, like you said, really the momentum is with the Russian and Chinese. I mean, Chinese pairs haven't had as many competitions under their belt as the Russians and the Americans have had. But, you know, we know that Sui and Han can literally just pop out of nowhere and be like, hey guys, we got this. Tens across the board like we ever left. So yeah, that's probably going to happen. I hope it happens because I've missed them and their quality so much. I've I've really, really missed them. Uh, let's move on to Ice Dance. Ice Dance is fascinating, I think, because I think that a lot of these teams are really on, like, a pretty, like, even playing field, especially, like, in the top, I don't know, like, six yeah. here, I want to say. And then also, like, seven to even, like, 12 is I really know. interesting. So, I w- okay, why don't we do your podium first, and then I'll do my podium. Then okay. First, I have to say that I think it will all come down to twizzles and key points in the rhythm dance. That's it. Um, In first, I have Who the Hell Knows. In second, I have Chalk and Bates. In third, I have Who the Hell Knows. In fourth, I have Who the Hell Knows. And in fifth to tenth, I have Who the Hell Knows. I know. It's just wild. It's going to be wild. I want Chalk and Bates to win. I do. But I I have a feeling that they're going to get silver. I want them to win. I want them to you know, have gold. But, well, I feel like they're going to be on the podium. But, <laughs> you know, ice dance. It is, it's not really ice dance. It's just politicking. Every time I talk about them at a big competition, I just have Pyeongchang no, flashbacks. Don't, 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 and it's don't. so mm-hmm. unpleasant. I just hate it. Why would you even bring <laughs> that up? Mm-mm-mm. Sorry, I don't like it. I don't want to put it out there, but I have to. When we say, like, competition's going to be tight, like, ice dance is actually going to be super, 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 super tight. We've got Chuck and Bates. We've got Sunitsa and Katalapov, whom we know the judges absolutely love. 
um, our opinion is for another day. You'll hear it later <laughs> on. But um, we've got Hubble and Donahue. We've got who is skating to like Hallelujah, which I mean, I don't know what Hallelujah is. Never heard of it. Don't know what it is. Will be really exciting. Must be a new program. I know. New right? music. Who sings it? Zach <laughs> um, <Zap> <laughs> Okay, I'll stop. No more. I was about to no say more. the exact Bad. same thing. Bad me. Um, we've got Hawaiian Baker, Saturday Night Fever. Woohoo! We've got Stepanova and Buchan, um, which I'm actually really excited for. We have Zagorski and Guero, Gillis and Poirier. I love them. I feel like everyone always calls them the dark horse. But they I'm are, like, they're though. so legit. Just call they them They are legit. legit. But, like, in terms of podium dark horses, That's true. if one of the other top teams messes up, then Piper and Paul are straight in there. That's true. I really like them. I like them so yes. much. Yes. Um, we've got uh, Fearing Gibson, who we haven't seen all season. Um, so I'm excited for their Madonna free dance again. Um, we have Lejoie and Laga, who... Okay, um, I didn't know it was possible to skate to uh, the Rio soundtrack. Rio being the movie with the blue endangered bird. Oh, that Rio. <laughs> that Rio. Are we having a Puss in Boots moment? Yes, we are. Um, I'm excited to see the costumes. A Rio free dance? I love it. I love it. I love the concept. And I love Marjorie and Zap. So excited to see them at Worlds. We've got... Um, Misato Komatsubaro. Team Coco. Yeah, and Tim Coletto. Um, there's Wang and Liu, the Chinese dance team, whom we really, really like. There's also Lawrence Funyabotri and Nikolai Sorensen. And of course, we have Alison Reed and Salvius Ambrilovicius. I'm so sorry if I butcher your name. Um, but yes, we are excited to see them at Worlds as well. There's a lot going on for dance. A lot going on. Dance is going to be great. Oh, I also have to mention Aussie Pride, Holly Harris and Jason Chan. Woohoo! Good luck. Good luck. They are also from the I Am team up in Montreal. So excited for them to make their world's debut too. Okay, let's move on. Yeah, so I guess that's our predictions. I'm so excited. Like now that I'm actually talking about this, I'm super stoked, even though... I mean, the other half of me is like, eh. I don't know, I'm stoked and not stoked at the same time. Um, but okay, let's talk about the COVID rules and precautions that are going to be in place or tried to be enforced at Worlds. <laughs> <laughs> and we've all... Yeah, we're going to keep this as short and sweet as we possibly can. The Everyone at Worlds will be subject to the PCR COVID-19 test. Um, tests of antibodies will not be approved, so sorry, Team Russia. Um, Y'all have some real strong antibodies going on there. <laughs> um, I think everyone at this point knows that only one coach per skater slash couple will be accredited. Not more than one team doctor and one team physiotherapist will be accepted as the team medical staff, so... Yeah, I mean, for example, Alexa and Brandon, they are coached by Todd Sand and Jenny Mino, and only one of them could go, so they literally pulled a name out of the hat, and Jenny is going. Yeah, although it was very interesting, because I saw Iteri, Sergei Dudikov, and Daniil are all on the plane, so... I didn't see Dudikov. There definitely was a rumor that all three were going, and Iteri somehow managed to pull that off, but... We I think see. if Dudikov goes, then there's going to be a big riot. Because, like, no. 
What I found interesting though, I read through the doc for like the COVID regulations and apparently a partner or relative of a judge will be accepted for restricted accreditation. If that does not scream nepotism and just like, what the hell? I don't know what, to, like, really? What does that even mean? <laughs> what? <laughs> what is that? But like, mean? the skaters aren't allowed any chaperones, so I'm assuming parents can't go. Oh, gosh. So, like, okay. But the judges are, they're allowed a chaperone. Do they need like somebody to bring them like tea or something? Who knows? <laughs> um, Anyway, so world championships will have um, a competition bubble where there are like different levels, level one through level four. Level one are like the most important people, the skaters, um, the officials, yada, yada, yada. Level two people are the ones who have like close contact with them. Um, there is not going to be a free skate slash free dance draw. It's just going to be reverse order of the short program results. Uh, the draw for the short program slash rhythm dance uh, will be held. There will be people there. Um, no skaters are going or like required to go. Um, only like the referee, technical controller and two designated team leaders like who will be there to observe the process. All right. So then the next part of the document that we read through is this testing and health screening protocol prior to entering the bubble. OK, so. All of this stuff has to be done before you actually go into the bubble. So the first part is that you have to observe, check, and report daily your own health situation starting at least five days before arrival to the bubble. And that is done through self-reporting through the health questionnaire. I have my issues with self-reporting, but it's happening. Um, like we mentioned earlier, there is PCR testing to COVID, and you need to present a negative test uh, no more than 48 hours prior to arrival in Stockholm. Then there is going to be a second PCR test after they get there. And before accreditation is granted, this test will happen. And they have to isolate in their hotel room until they get their results back. Yeah, so but during the championship week, the minimum test policy is daily health checks via the online ICU COVID health questionnaire. Um, and after filling it in, the individual will receive the result, which is valid for that day only. Um, the result must be shown to entrance control at the venue um, and there will be like um, stations at every entrance. Body temperature will also be checked at every entrance to the venue and an additional COVID-19 PCR test will be required no later than four days after arrival at Stockholm. All right. So the next section that we're going to talk about, and then I swear to God, we're done with this. I just want to lay this, lay this out. So the next section is called general measures. So interactions with people obviously must be limited. Wearing a mask over your nose, Marisi, <laughs> even your non-blue mask, uh, keeping minimum distance and hygienic measures, uh, dedicated walkways within the venue uh, to minimize traffic. One way, one way walking, folks. Um, and then media is strictly separated, zero contact, all interviews virtually through the mixed zone. Um, skaters are assigned to designated dressing rooms based on rotation and schedule. Okay. There are two male and two female dressing rooms, like for like physical distancing and all that. But Tanya Flayed gave us a little tour on her Insta story and we got to look at the dressing rooms. Joss, they're like... They're like average size, right? Like, like they're decently sized, but there are just benches with hooks, like your typical public school gym locker room. Public school gym locker room. Oh no! <laughs> and like, 
There are no measures within the dressing room to ensure social distancing. I don't know if there'll be officials always there monitoring stuff, but like there are no like booths or like marked separation spaces. Maybe I've just been watching um, sports that have more money in them. For example, uh, soccer slash football where, you know, clubs are taking really extraordinary measures to ensure social distancing, like, you know, spacing all their plays out in the dressing room. Like, but this is literally just like, you know, your typical cheap skating rink bench, right? And there's, how do you enforce social distancing within that? You can't, they would have to do, the, the athletes would have to do it themselves. And I would hope, and I think that most of them are pretty kind of COVID cautious. I mean, judging from the interviews, apart from the super spreader event, but I mean, super spreader aside, everyone seems pretty cautious. Oh, one more thing before we finish COVID regulations, because I know this is boring everyone, but victory ceremony. Face masks are compulsory for all people present in the area, including skaters on the podium. Um, No one is allowed to hug, kiss, handshake, There's not going to be any pictures of all the medalists sharing the first place podium. But yes, we're going to be all masked up in the victory ceremony and on the podium. So that is, that's great. Awesome. Okay, that is the end of COVID protocols. Yes, um, and we're going to move on to something that is pretty like unbelievable. And that is World Team Trophy. (laughs) Which is also happening. Apparently, it's going on. Uh, It's happening from April 15th to 18th, which is a little less than a month in Osaka, Japan. What I found really funny is that literally quoted in the documentation is, Due to the limited time between the ISU World Figure Skating Championships 2021 and their ISU World Team Trophy, all qualified team members are requested to take care of their individual travel documents and permits, visa, etc. on a timely basis. I'm like, dude, (laughs) like ISU is only going to notify the teams who qualified on March 30th. And like, you've got two weeks to do your visa, organize travel, organize accommodation and all that stuff including oh like some of the world's, um, world's competitors might not even go to World Team Trophy. This is a quick turnaround, man. I know. <laughs> and I, we don't even know whether Japan is going to be like, yes, let's do World Team Trophy. Because like there have definitely been concerns over even them running the Summer Olympics this year. And there's like no news on it. So like I've got no idea what's going on. In, in the wise words of uh, Mr. Scott Moyer, I hate this event. <laughs> <laughs> literally i think i the the video of scott moy saying he hated um world team trophy in the kiss and cry at world team trophy resurfaced like a week ago and it's it's oh always the funniest thing ever um i mean we like world team trophy we also don't care about world team trophy in a non-olympic year <laughs> it's true all right. Well, that's happening or apparently happening uh, April 15th to 18th. Yes. And okay. Now it's time for our kiss and cry. Okay. So we are going to start with our book. And the book that we chose today is a book that we are recommending in light of the hate crimes and murders of the eight people in Atlanta uh, this past week. Uh, six of the people that were killed and murdered were Asian American. And the book that we're recommending today is Minor Feelings and Asian American Reckoning by Kathy Park Hong. And this is a nonfiction book, and Kathy Park Hong herself is the daughter of Korean immigrants, and this title is a memoir, and it's combined with some history and some cultural criticism. 
She reflects on her own experience being told one thing by American society, including the model minority myth and anti-immigrant rhetoric, and having to unlearn these ideologies to cultivate her own self-love and agency. The title itself, Minor Feelings, she describes in the book as almost belittling her own feelings around the discrimination enacted towards her and being told that her experiences don't truly qualify as discrimination and how this really is a type of gaslighting that can lead to a trauma response in the body. She also talks about colorism and casteism in the Asian diaspora and how Asians and Asian Americans are not a monolith. It is 2021, and it is about time that this book gets more traction, especially in this climate. We really encourage you to pick this one up. Again, it is called Minor Feelings and Asian American Reckoning by Kathy Parkong. All right, so let's get into our kiss and cry content, which is pretty much all the non-world stuff that we're going to talk about that happened since we last recorded. So that includes <laughs> definitely the Russian Cup final, which happened at the end of February. And of course, because it's a Russian competition, it was just drama galore, um, pre and <laughs> post. Um, let's start with the ladies of the event. Um, it was won by Camila Valieva. Um, second place was Maya Kromik, who surprised everyone by landing two different quads, a quad sow and quad toe. And she won oh the gosh. free skate, landed in second, and Terry cracked the biggest smile I have ever seen her crack. Um, <laughs> it was wild. Um, Dario Sashova came in third, Lisa Tuktamishova came in fourth, and thus got her birth to Worlds. Anna Frolova yes. came in fifth, and Aliona Kostornaya came in sixth. And we will talk about her later on. Um, Camila Valieva had a had an awful free skate, really. And she herself in she said herself in the kiss and cry that you know, her short program marks uh, what kept her afloat to win the competition. Uh, we love a work. We love a work girl. Um, Facts. Uh, Facts. It was really Maya Chromix competition. It really she was. did so well. Camila again. She said herself. Facts. Her short program marks really kept her afloat. Terry um, was like screaming, Maya Morja, like Maya can do it. Yes, yeah, she legit, can. I've never seen like a Terry smile so big. And I was like, I'm not, and I've said on the pod, I'm not the biggest fan of Maya skating. She's fine, right? She can win any domestic comp out of Russia, like hands down, no problem. But I actually really enjoyed her skates at Cup of Russian final. Like, she really yeah. came out as there was like a breath of fresh air about her and like I'm really really happy for her because like we've seen her just go down on every single quad attempt that she's ever done in competition <laughs> splat 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 <laughs> um so like yes she has splatted quite even a few even if before. you hate the girl which like you should and like how can you no. like no one hate my out like two quads and not only two quads but two different quads and we're just like okay all right, Maya. All right. We'll take it. Uh, let's move on to the men's results. So first, in first place, we had Evgeny Semenenko, who was our second Worlds team spot. Uh, obviously, he's going to Worlds with Misha Kolyada. In silver, we had Peter Gumenik. In bronze, we had, oh no, <laughs> I really wanted him to go to Worlds. My good friend Dima Alia. He's such a chaotic boy. I know. Such a chaotic boy. I really, really wanted him to This go. was honestly such a chaotic Russian men's competition. As they are usually. Yeah. Andrei Mozilyov was in fourth. 
Mark Condra two fifth. Maka Ignatov was in eighth. Yeah. Who knows, man? <laughs> Who knows? And then, so let's move on to ice dance. So our ice dance results in first were Sinitsina and Katsalapov, and then second, Morozov and Bagan. And then for pairs, in first, we have Mishina and Galyamov, because a lot of the pairs that, uh, or I guess our other <laughs> our other top two Russian pairs teams did not skate here. Yeah, um, I think it was pretty, pretty predictable who would get the final dance and pairs results. I mean, for pairs, Pavlyuchenko and Kordikin were could could have been contenders, but Mishin and Galyamov took the took the competition by twenty points. So far and away, the final pairs spot. Uh, Junior ladies of the Russian Cup final was um, interesting. Sofia Katyova won, followed by Sofia Samodelkina and Adelia Petrosyan. And blessed Veronika Zilina, last place in the short program because she fell on the triple axle as well as the triple lutz, so she didn't have a combo jump, but then came back in the free skate, got fourth. She fell into the triple axle, but she pulled out a quad toe, double toe, even though like the sequence was invalid, then just pulls out a quad toe out of nowhere. And just like, I feel like she's another, another true server. She's got like nothing in the face, but she can like jump till, I don't know, the sun explodes. Which we hope it doesn't, just to clarify. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Russian juniors, again, pop in. Junior dance, Terry's daughter, Diana Davis, competed with her partner, Gleb Smolkin, and they they won the junior dance by like like 15 points, politicking for sure. In silver were Kaganovskaya and, and Gelopol, who were like gorgeous, and I think that they should have won, but Diana Davis is a Terry's daughter, so. There it is. <laughs> there it is. We're just going to lay it out for you. <laughs> um, so that's our very, very, very quick Russian Cup final recap, I guess. But the biggest story oh, that gosh. came out of the whole event was... Drum roll, please. Uh, Aliona Kosternaya is moving back... My daughter. ...to Eteri, to Sambo 70. Oh, gosh. Okay, to be fair, she never left Sambo 70 in the first place. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry uh, for... <laughs> Assuming that she did. This is like the fever dream. Do you remember when we talked about Genya moving back to Atari? I Dude, found that out felt like five yesterday and also like five years ago. <laughs> so Aliona didn't have a great outing at the Russia Cup final. Um, we all knew that she was battling COVID recovery and it was pretty not great. Um, she flubbed the triple flip combo in the short program pretty badly. I have never seen her flub the triple flip combo in competition. Like the, and like she was in absolute tears at the end of the program. The only time I've ever seen her be that upset was Junior Grand Prix when she um, did a waxel in the short program. Like the rest of the program was perfect. She still ended up first after the short, but she was crying her eyes out. And like, yes, she's known as a crier and a really emotional girl, but like she was really, really, really upset. And it broke my heart because in the kiss and cry after the short, there was a video of like people cheering in the audience when she was in the kiss and cry. And like Rosanov said something to her. It's probably to the effect of like, see, people support you. And, you know, people with the skill of lip reading were like, oh, Aliona said, oh they're supporting the old me they don't deserve like this and I was like oh girl Aliona and so it was it was it was hard to take as an Aliona fan but also as 
just you never want to see somebody who's like that devastated after a performance yeah it was really really sad and then of course the adults in the situation <laughs> just had to make everything worse Tatiana Tarasova we're looking at yeah. you <laughs> Daniil and Sergei Rosanov both posted on their Instagram story uh, in response to the rumors that Aliona was moving back to a Terry. Daniil posts. And so he wrote on his screen, like with his finger, it's like the drawing tool of your Instagram story. He like took a screenshot, uploaded it, and then <laughs> used his finger to write, we haven't decided yet. In pink. <laughs> and then capital letters. Yes. And in, in, in the, like this maroon shade, very somber maroon on the instagram story uh and then sergey rosanov posts the instagram story that said fake news all over it and i was like okay guys <laughs> well fake news was in response to um the rumor that rosanov was wanting to go back to sambo 70 and team tuberiza wouldn't accept him and he's just like fake news i'm like okay fair enough but daniel did not have to be like we haven't decided whether to take Eliona back. Like, can writing you on his phone it, with his finger. Didn't he? Oh, I can't. Mm. Um, but, you know, I think the writing was on the wall when, after the free skate at Russian Cup final, Eliona quoted a Terry when she said, like, oh, one of my coaches once said that the road will be mastered by the one who walks it. And everyone's just like, oh, a Terry said that. Eliona's quoting a Terry. And then like, a day later, reports came out that she was seen at Sambo 70. And it was just like, oh, what's going on? And I'm just like, can you leave her alone? But of course, it's Russia and no one leaves anyone alone. Hence the super spreader event. <laughs> They're super spreaders <laughs> of everything. COVID, gossip. Gossip. But she apparently is back on conditional conditional acceptance. Uh, she's on a two-month probation period. So she has to attend all classes without excuses. She has to skate with whoever is on the ice and she has to get her triple axle back within two months. Oi. Oi, bae. You know what? First, I will say that I think it's doable. Eliana herself said that she found it very hard to motivate herself to work when she was with Plushenka. And you know what? Like, I completely empathize. I get it. However, Eliana, like, Alexei Mishin is open. Like, yes, I get that he's in St. Petersburg, but was Ateri really the only choice? My answer is yes and no. Aliona was just like, sixth place at Russian Cup final is not great. Like, rather, it makes it clear that you have done something wrong. Everything in your life is wrong and this needs to be changed. You should go and apologize, tame your pride and ask for forgiveness. So like, yes, she's definitely the center of a lot of drama, but she is 17 and this is her, you know, learning things the hard way, which, you know, needs to be done. And I think it's good that she recognizes her mistakes and what is needed to get her to where she wants to be in the skating world. Um, yes, part of it is problematic, um, but not so much problematic as like the adults in the situation. For example, Tatiana Tarosova, who was just like, why is Aliona crying? She's in sixth place. Like, what's wrong? There's no need to cry. Even if she hadn't failed the element, she would have been in sixth. And then she goes like, Kostanaya was loudly leaving Tutbritza like all over the country. Now she needs to apologize to the whole country. Like, are you kidding? The whole country. The entire country. I, I mean, there are other more reasonable Russian adults who are just like, if she realized her mistake and apologized, then like, you should be able to forgive her and all that stuff. But Tatiana Tarasova, I'm just like, 
oh god and then there was this whole thing about contracts oh. where Evgeny Plushenko was just like there weren't any contract there's no contracts between Aliona and I like she's free to leave and like to be fair Evgeny surprised me and a lot of other people by seemingly taking this situation with a lot of grace but then his wife Yana Rudkovskaya was just like we have a lot of contracts and everyone's just like dude what the hell yeah and then there was this whole thing also about like was it the finances like is she somehow locked in financially and then there was this whole rumor thing with a Terry and some people with a Terry's camp that there was something going on financially it was just yeah, it was like a certain amount of work has been done and the cost must be compensated for like someone will have to pay. Right. And then yeah. director of Sambo 70, um, Lyshev was just like, it's not our prerogative. We don't have any money except from funding from the state. Lol, they're funny. <laughs> like, <laughs> we could talk about this for 10 hours and also like not talk about it for 10 hours. So if you want more information, Google is your friend. There's a bunch of articles and interviews describing the whole entire situation. It's so chaotic. I think we just wish that Aliona recovers from all of her injuries, recovers from COVID and just gets healthy and prepared for next season. I think it's a blessing in disguise that she didn't make the world team because it's clear that she isn't in the right place physically and probably mentally um, to finish out the season. So, you know, not have the pressure of having to go to Worlds and compete and all of that, which I think is actually just, it's good for her. Yes. So we're going to move on from all this lovely Sambo 70 news, as <laughs> we do. Um, but it was, one of our favorite friends, Alexi Mishin's uh, 80th birthday. Uh, there were skaters uh, from Plushenko's Academy. There was a big party. He took photos with Lisa. He took photos with everyone. It was so nice. Happy birthday. <laughs> I know. Mr. Mishin, masters in biomechanics and inventor of the skating jump harness. Yeah, like you said, Pluchenka's skaters were all there. Mishin's skaters were all there, um, including some other popular Russian skaters. It seemed like a cool-ass party. Mishin is dope. So happy birthday, Mishin. We hope you stay around for much longer because... We just love your work. Awesome. Like, you've got three skaters at Worlds. Not even a Terry can say that. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, speaking of photo shoots, uh, Lisa Tukhmishva had a cover shoot with Maxim. It was gorgeous, as she is. Maxim? As she is. It was a very, very good photo shoot. Oh, my God. It came out of nowhere, but it was fire. It was so good. Straight fire. A hundred percent. And the amount of positive support that she got was so, so, so great. Um, she said she was surprised by it. And, you know, she's had trouble with body image in the past, but is now like proud of her body. And like, fair enough. She looks so good. Yeah. Love it. If you want to see the photos... They are everywhere. Just go to Instagram. Just go, go. Google is your friend. These are great photographs. Love her. Love this photo shoot. Okay. I think that we've rambled on long enough and we've got a lot more rambling to do in the upcoming days. So we're going to finish this episode here. 
So I am Joss, and you can come and chat with us at Let's Get Down Pod. That's L-U-T-Z, Get Down Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to work with us, shoot us an email at letsgetdownpod at gmail.com. If you like this podcast and, like us, have stocked up on buckets of popcorn for the drama to kick it up a notch this week, please leave us a review and give us some five-star love. We would really appreciate it. Thanks, y'all, for listening. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.